and gentlemen, the Mats are back for season three of Taking It to the Mats. I am Matt, and he is Matt. And today, to kick off the first episode of season three, we're going back to 1991 and WrestleMania 7, Matt. Um, this was one that, this was right when I started to watch WWF, and this was this was a uh, vastly rented video at our, our local video shop. Uh, definitely rented this one a lot with, between those 1990 and 1991 Coliseum videos and pay-per-views. WrestleMania 7 was one of my favorites. Absolutely. That iconic white case with Hogan and Slaughter looking at each other. Slaughter's got like the blue belt. Yeah, it was almost on, purple, yeah. Yeah, on the cover. Was, yeah. And it was a fun one to rent. Because, as we're going to talk about, you've got so many superstars on the card. Mm -hmm. You've got 15 matches, 15. which probably was a little overkill. You could tell. Um, I think this is probably the event when they realized instead of rushing through them, like you just cut, you just cut it. Like mm -hmm. card subject to change. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to cut a match, right? Um, it's fantastic in the sense that you've got this double main event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is amazing. Yep. Um, it felt very big at the time. Like when I think about a lot of the merchandise that we grew up with and we just remember like so fondly, it's that WrestleMania seven lineup, right? Right. It's yeah. like, it's like that post, like when you think about the wrestling buddies, Hogan's got a belt, but like warriors got a belt mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Like it's that sweet spot of, you know, 1990 to like late 1991 where there's just like this explosion yeah. um, for, for kids our age. Mm -hmm. now our kids our age is, is what we're going to talk about. exactly yeah. and that's going to be a big part of where this conversation goes uh -huh. right for better or worse because so wrestlemania 7 um comes a year after the monster that was wrestlemania 6 yeah and the ultimate challenge mm -hmm. sky dome in this fantastic event and you know leading into wrestlemania 7 you think all right the logical conclusion for wrestlemania 7 is potentially hogan and warrior 2 it could be right could. like this yeah. amazing match the two biggest superstars <laughs> but i think as we've talked about in previous casts it is very challenging to go face versus face right right it is very yeah. challenging to know where to go after that mm -hmm. event uh it's challenging for the crowd yeah. for who to cheer for and merchandise yeah. and like all those things so they cook up this plan to create a, a double main event mm -hmm. uh, for WrestleMania 7. And we know that it's going to be Hogan and the Iraqi sympathizer version of Sergeant Slaughter. Yep. And mm -hmm. the Ultimate Warrior. And I think probably one of the greatest heel runs is Macho King. Yep. Like Macho King Randy Savage was yep. very intense. Yeah. But I'm wondering if you could kind of set the stage for us because they had this big grand plan of having mm -hmm. it at the LA Coliseum, mm -hmm. right? Home to Olympics <laughs> and USC mm -hmm. Trojan football. And really, ultimately, they could have made this 100,000 people when you right. take into account the vastness of the stadium mm -hmm. and the ability to go on the floor. It ends up getting held at the LA Memorial Sports mm -hmm. Arena that holds just over 16,000. Yep. So. Give us a little bit of the background and kind of the road to the events yeah. um, that we're going to talk about. Yeah. I mean, you know, I hear, you know, I listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast. And so 
there's certain things that obviously he was there for that hopefully he's correct about. And then there's certain things you hear that he may have misconstrued some information or whatever, but, but, you know, they, they're, they always advertise next year's WrestleMania around that year's WrestleMania. So like WrestleMania seven during the time of WrestleMania six was advertised as going to be at the Coliseum a hundred thousand strong how about that promo video too? yeah oh, <laughs> oh, so <man>. good <laughs> i couldn't believe that that was for what it was that was really good the the people at the coliseum uh made a promo video for the wwf to entice them to come there and it was awesome, awesome. and they brought them there like gave them the royal treatment had w you know wrestlemania 7 up on the the big screen at the time and showed that promo video and i mean if i don't know I don't know if what if what happened didn't happen if they would have stayed there but so they planned on having it there I don't know I get I guess it is different as far as like the live event and how much the event does pay-per-view wise because 6 did not draw pay-per-view pay-per-view wise did not draw as much as 5 which did not draw as much as four, I'm pretty sure. And three was the biggest. They do say, um, like, to keep, I guess, to keep face during WrestleMania 7, uh, Grill Monsoon says a couple times, this is the largest pay-per-view audience in the history of pay-per-view, <laughs> which is only true because they broadcast it to the soldiers overseas for free. Okay. So as as someone would might say it wasn't really pay-per-view like because they didn't people weren't it was, may have been the largest you know in the history of pay-per-view but people not everyone was paying for it because it was to the troops which is good but as george costanza would say it's not a lie yeah if you believe it if you believe it <laughs> that's right <laughs> so so i don't know i really don't i can't really tell if they would have sold it out like what six did 60 some thousand in the sky dome so that had to be packed like that had mm -hmm. to be capacity we know eight did not like right they eight. fill it with 60 but like forty thousand paid like they gave a lot of tickets away to get right that. right when i saw the video that you're talking about of how of, that they made to entice the wwe to, to do the coliseum and i saw the zoomed out picture of like just the ring in the middle of the yes. football field and this huge coliseum like for me I, I was like that's awesome but like if i was sitting in the nosebleeds at the coliseum like i couldn't see anything like yeah i mean like there would be like little dots in the middle of yeah. like the like on the 50 yard line i mean it, it would be a, it would be a spectacle spectacle mm -hmm. like it would still be cool um but i don't like it just seems, and we'll talk about it, but it just seems that um, for them to sell that many tickets, which they hadn't done, haven't been to a venue like that since WrestleMania three. Yep, slower down. Uh, obviously, they would have to have the main event to end all main events, yep. and 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 that kind of drawing power. But when they were still going to do it, when it came time to start selling tickets, that's when the whole um iraq invading kuwait happened and we didn't declare war yet but they were selling tickets and there was you know there was that uh 
uneasiness right. and, that started. And, and and like what you're saying, like there's reasons why like people will say like, well, was Bruce Pritchard accurate about when the United States declared war? Because you had Operation Desert Shield, which was mm-hmm. protecting some. Mm-hmm. We're going deep into geopolitics here, but it was protecting Saudi Arabia from you know yeah. suffering the same fate of Kuwait of being the invasion, mm-hmm. and then ultimately Desert Storm, where you do talk about mm-hmm. the military being involved. And think about when we were younger, watching CNN, and yeah. you see like the green like night vision and like, right. the Super Bowl twenty five halftime show. So mm-hmm. um, there there is like it is a bit a little bit ambiguous as to when it started because yeah. there was u.s intervention u.s military intervention mm-hmm. u.s presence so yeah um, but it was definitely like growing up at that time as kids you knew things were not good in iraq which right. is vince's you talk about the event and main event and all main events what does vince cook up for this yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean so again a year before they have already decided the venue for the year later they have also kind of decided like what in what direction they're going to go for that event and even though hogan was leaving for the for a movie after six they know he's coming back they know it has to be him next year who's he gonna go who's he gonna go against he's the one that's gonna draw and so they come up with the idea so uh i forget i don't know when he actually so after when he comes back we talked about um, how, earthquake angle. Yeah, earthquake squashes him. He becomes the immortal Hulk Hogan, and he gets friended by Tugboat, who does that whole campaign yep. where <laughs> where he's like, you know, write letters to the Hulkster and whatnot, and they collect the addresses and everything. And so he's Hogan's best friend. The then the um, the stuff in the Middle East starts to start, starts to happen. So, and I'll get your take on on this in general in a second, but like the stuff in the Middle East starts to happen. No no war or anything, but whenever there's foreign, you know, escalation of any kind in the past, not just now, not just at that time, but in the past, like wrestling has always played off of that. Oh, the Bolsheviks. Yeah, yeah, the Cold War. The, the, The foreigners are always the bad guys. They're the heels, like automatically, like, and USA is USA. Like, you know, you're going to cheer for USA. So because that started happening, they were thinking, you know, who can Hogan go against? Who can, you know, he, he really, you know, put down that, that would, and because that was going on, they felt like they could use that. So who did they have that they could, pretty much make a Iraqi Iraqi sympathizer and they were going to turn Tugboat heel against Hogan and call him Sheik Tugboat. Yes. And I guess they, you know, kind of chose him because of, because of the turn that would happen. It would be like out of nowhere. He would sympathize with like, you know, people that we we would think are arch enemies. (laughs) And so we would want some, and, and Tugboat himself, was massive like another monster Big size, monster like heel. arms yeah. bigger than earthquakes yes. like massive arms and i mean you and i can look at each other and and predict the whole match like right hogan, oh, exactly you right. know like it's not gonna be, it's gonna be hogan earthquake but it's gonna be a little different but it's still gonna be like oh can he slam him 
You know, yep. like, we can we can predict the whole how the whole match went, and I'm so glad it didn't go that way. <laughs> but right. uh, um, so they when Sergeant Slaughter became available and and contacted the WWF to come back because um, he was doing GI Joe, which is a massive gamble. Yeah, I mean because I remember while this is happening. You watch the G.I. Joe cartoon show. Mm-hmm. He's on it as a good guy. Yep. Like He's doing the little um, segues in and out of commercial breaks. Like yeah. He's a very big fixture right. on G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that Hasbro, which made WWF figures and was G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. would allow this to happen. Yep. It's just an interesting <laughs> aside. Like mm-hmm. This would not happen right. today. Right, right. That's, like people yeah. are much yeah. more protected. Like their mm-hmm. branding is much more protected. Mm-hmm. Yet this, this happens. Yeah. So yeah, tell yeah. us. Yep. Yeah. So they ch- ultimately choose to have Sergeant Slaughter be the turncoat, be yeah. the Iraqi sympathizer, and like we were talking off camera, I don't remember when Slaughter. Like I remember him at Survivor Series nine face paint with the face paint yeah, and like that goes huge over. yeah that huge uh, interview over. as he's coming out into the aisleway yep. and yeah he he basically beats the entire team and then and, and and gets DQ'd um, yeah. but like doesn't get pinned so yep. uh, he's not on that on that uh, Survivor team but like he yep. he basically beats up everyone else and goes over really good and then obviously. We go to Royal Rumble, that, and just to hear you say that, that's like six months of planning. Yeah, Think about that. Yep. So Survivor Series is in November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're talking in September. WrestleMania yep. is in April. Like, that's this yep. is the long game. Here. Yeah. Like this was legit. Like yep. kudos. Like they had a plan. A I think. I think they. I'm pretty sure that they work off of. All right. This is this is our hopeful main event at Mania. And then let's fill in the gaps. Right, right like work backwards. To, yeah, yeah. Work backwards. I'm yeah. pretty sure they do that every year. At least they they say this is what is hopeful for Mania. Then they work backwards, pay per view to pay per view, and then they really fill it in detail wise with the shows and the Saturday Night Main Events yes. and all that. Kind it's, of impre- thing. it's it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. The storytelling is is very impressive. But so so they, as far as the venue. Because of what's going on, so we we learned that either war was declared right around the time of Royal Rumble, which Bruce Bruce Pritchard would say like it happened actually during like the Slaughter Warrior match where Slaughter beat Warrior for the title. So they put the title on the Iraqi sympathizer. How can you not have more heat than that? Right. With um, Savage playing a major oh, yeah. role. That was. So yeah. you're you're setting up this like double main event mm-hmm. that at yep. the same time they do, which, which is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, Savage Warrior, those are mm-hmm. those are your two biggest names outside yeah. of Hogan and then Sla- uh, Slaughter. Who I think when you're talking about the idea of like Sheik Tugboat, the match would be predictable. Yeah, we saw how he handled Shockmaster years yeah. ago. Uh, <laughs> but it wouldn't have been a good. Match. He just didn't have the mic skills. Like Slaughter right. was scary. Mm-hmm. Slaughter yeah. was. Slaughter was perfect. He was very committed, like committed to the point where I think he regrets some of what yeah. he did. Like he sold out. Yeah. <laughs> like he was all in, and mm-hmm. those Mike skills were were huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you've got like, this double made event like, set yeah. up and ready to go. Right. Yep. So Royal Rumble, Slaughter wins the title. 
somewhere in there, the war the war is declared. Hogan wins that rumble. Yes, which is probably the one that he should have won. Like the yeah. year before, he shouldn't have even been in it. Like yes. he was the champion. Why? <laughs> but this one. He wins to go to WrestleMania. It yeah. wasn't that wasn't a thing, but obviously it happened. He, and they build won. it up. Yeah. Remember, like Monster was like, and Hogan spots Old Glory, and he's yeah. waving the flag. It's like <laughs> that guy for like we talk about him a lot, right? For yeah. all the pros and cons, like he knew how to work that crowd. Like people oh, yeah. were devastated with the Warrior losing, but then you like Pierce Hogan. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. Yep. And Warrior so, had the red, white, and blue. Uh, at that. He did, <laughs> and it looked really good. Yeah. I know it's kind of a bummer that he didn't yeah. get it because, like, I feel like that those tights could never be worn again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's right. like a one-shot thing. I right. think they're like really. We gotta cool. come. We gotta come. Like when we talk about Warrior, we gotta come back to the Rumble match. But so the venue was, you know, was Cons- still gonna be the Coliseum. Conceivably, that main event. Could, yeah. is Coliseum worthy. I hear you. I mean, for me, it was. Yeah. Like, like you probably know, you were probably more on the uptake at, what, nine years old than I <laughs> right. was back then about about what was going on in the Middle East and whatnot. Um, the, so they, they stopped with the Coliseum because people are really starting to get uneasy about the war and about and if you're wrestling fans about this angle that they're going with because it got a little real yeah it got right. real mm-hmm. yeah yes, it got real quick and they got tasteless like yeah i was gonna ask you about how you felt it because so they yeah. so they you know they'll argue that you know they've done this before this is what they've always done they they do what's going on in america they capitalize on that that like this is entertainment. There's Hollywood movies about, you know, true about, you know, things. So like, you know, although there's differences, it's in the same realm of entertainment. It's not like, but it is like portraying because it's like, you know, <laughs> it's a, it is a little different. Like it's, it's while it's going on and this is live at the same time, like it's yeah. not like you're watching a movie. It's like you're watching things play out in front of you <laughs> in, and they went in hard. Like, you remember, mm-hmm. like, well, the uh, one ironic part is General Adnan, but, like, literally grew up with yeah. Saddam Hussein. Friends. Like, that's a, yeah. actually was real. Right. right? <laughs> and, you know, Sergeant Slaughter said his boots were a gift from him. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think you had a very real emotions. And remember, you know, the last major war the United States was involved in Vietnam is not that long ago. You know, and it was a very, it was tough. Mm-hmm. There was a draft. Like, yeah. you didn't know yeah. where this war was going to go. I'm like, mm-hmm. are we going to have cartoon wrestling and 18 to 21 year olds like going to Iraq, going right. to Saudi Arabia? Right. Like, yeah. It's, and you can't like unring that bell. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Vince, like, you put this out on TV now. Right. How do you dial right. this back? Exactly. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, we, yeah I guess it. we got it. Yeah, we're in it. it. You're in it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that was, the question like how do you not how do you how you can't dial it back like yeah. you're already yes. full, you're you're full steam ahead by like, right. right now the only so. way you got to do it is hogan has to save the day right like, you need to get this yeah. match <laughs> yeah like let's go <laughs> but like it got real as in like from the get-go slaughter was 100 percent in mm-hmm. every venue that they that they went to bomb threats yep. slaughter 
threats to his family. Yes. Like he needed extra security around his house, like it was in yeah. real life. Um, and then they they ultimately so the LA Coliseum for them to actually have it there during this time of turmoil, they needed to basically fortify it like with security. They right. needed to they needed to construct. They were told they needed to have air. Like the airspace right. clear. Almost like the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, Tampa. right, yeah. exactly. So the Super Bowl needed the same thing, and they were thinking about canceling the Super Bowl, but the government comped all the expenses to secure the Super Bowl airspace and wow. setting up a perimeter and whatnot. They needed to do the exact same thing for the Coliseum for WrestleMania, and the government wasn't going to comp the WWE or WWF, and that was going to be millions of dollars just to yeah. secure it. So they couldn't do it. So they the had, irony being, the war was not a long war. Right. right. By the time that that yep. event rolls over, over, you would not, but you had to put those yep. in place ahead of time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they go into the, uh, what do you call it? LA Memorial Sports Arena. Sports Arena, yes. So, I mean, I guess there's different stories there where they supposedly had, so, were already selling tickets for the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. They changed the venue, but because but the venue capacity they had oversold that capacity, so they had to work something out because people had paper tickets. Right. So yeah. like they had to work out, you know, who was going to get what tickets in that in the arena instead of the Coliseum. And then I don't know how I don't know how that that they did that, but so they didn't have the Coliseum. And then I mean, I don't if if it wasn't about Iraq, I don't know if they would have sold out the Coliseum with, like you said, Hogan Warrior 2. Maybe, like like we talked about in a previous cast, I think if it was going to be a second Hogan Warrior 2, you would have to turn someone heel. You couldn't do face-face again, have them yeah. decide again. One of them would have to be like, one of them would have to be like the most hated guy ever. Like, right. it would have to be, maybe you turn Hogan heel or maybe you turn Warrior heel. But one of them would have to really get heat. So let me throw two for instances because mm -hmm. now we're 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 just we're just in it. I dig it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so we're gonna get to this card. But you know, to kind of keep that line of thinking going, do you think you could have taken that career match angle and had Warrior Hogan for the title for a career? Mm -hmm. Is that an elevated stake, or mm -hmm. does it almost make you think, like, all right, well, Hogan is probably going to lose this match mm. like does it does that add anything because <clears throat> i got a second scenario for you too I got that you. Doesn't. uh for me like i i i personally don't really care to see it again mm -hmm. so like i don't i don't think that would add anything i would i would put them like, in a cage <sighs> see like there's there's part of, like hogan warrior was a good match for yes. both of them. Like it gave them both legitimacy in in wrestling, a good match. Like a lot of their matches, both of them are not great. Right. Right. And like and we'll talk about Hogan Slaughter, but Hogan Slaughter is so much better than Hogan Tugboat would have ever been. I, I like Hogan Slaughter. <laughs> like a lot. But yeah. imagine a hundred thousand people watching Hogan Tugboat. Like <laughs> you, just, yeah. Like doesn't. that undercard better really tear it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, it just doesn't really have it. Yeah. All right, let me throw another yeah. option at you. So 
I guess the challenge of this is if you take away the entire Iraqi angle, you know, you knew that Sherry is like begging the warrior for Macho King to get a title shot. Yeah. Yep. Randy's big time. You know, this wasn't something that was around back then, but could you have sold out the Coliseum with like the first ever like triple threat match? You know, with Randy Hogan and Savage, like you're the, arguably the top three right. all-time biggest <laughs> professional wrestlers from a like character, like larger-than-life standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, could you have seen something like that? I mean, we're taking a leap here, right? Yeah, because, yeah. But I mean, that yeah, that would be. I think you would have to throw Savage in there because he was that good and like. You know, his match at five with Hogan was was good. And it was really good. And that I think it, that drew better than Hogan Warrior face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, Warrior was over with kids and stuff like that. I think, yeah, I think that would be a chance to, that would be a better chance than, you know, the, the previous scenario that you mentioned. The, the idea of a triple threat match back then is is tough to leave. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough leave. to uh, like a, like Savage would have had to carry that match. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, like I, it's tough to. Sometimes it's tough to watch a triple threat match today because a lot of times, like you know, someone just gets incapacitated for a while, and then like right. two guys are going at it, and then the guy comes back out of nowhere and kind of, kind of interjects himself. But a lot of times, it's like two guys fighting one guy like either waiting or hurt or whatever and then all of a sudden he's back in it and like yeah. it's an interesting dynamic a triple threat match but like to insert savage in that match just yeah just verbatim like that that maybe maybe that could have done it because he like you said he was that good as macho king oh i don't Sherry. think that gets talked about enough yeah. he was mm-hmm. all in he was scary yeah so Let's unpack the matches that were them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we'll start with that career match. Okay. Uh, and then we'll do the undercard. So yeah. like, Cause I feel like these matches are so big mm-hmm. that we can kind yeah. of unpack these two main events and then yep. we'll talk about the undercard. I mean, Bruce, yeah. Bruce Pritchard called it, uh, uh, it was, it was a, it was a, uh, a two match card. The, yeah. the pay-per-view. <laughs> the I think pay-per-view. Yeah, in many ways it was. I think, yeah. might, I think there's one you, more. There's, there's a couple. There's yeah, we'll ones. see. But um, I remember being a kid and hearing people talk about that this match was happening and being blown away <laughs> that it was going to be a career match mm-hmm. between these two massive wrestlers. Yep. Like These were people that you thought were going to be around for a long time. Now, yeah. uh, Randy was apparently ready to hang it up. I saw something that said at least take he, a break. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had had surgery before mm-hmm. beforehand. And then, you know, uh, so I remember the stakes being like incredibly high. Mm-hmm. All right. I think as far as matches go, I think this is probably the best warrior match. Yeah. Um, you know, Savage with those elbow drops. Mm-hmm. Five. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. He just kept you know, going. His drama when he can't pin him, you get Elizabeth, you know, teasing mm-hmm. that she's there. Mm-hmm um you know so let's so let's rewind what yeah. do you think of the whole i mean it was months build up to this match yes. like savage comes out and attacks during i think a dibiase match with warrior mm-hmm. and hits him with the scepter off the top rope and whatnot and that's the start of it 
And then I was going to, so I was going to come back to the Royal Rumble match where Warrior puts his title on the line against Slaughter after he tells Sherry no. How do you feel about that? Like, how are we supposed to, yeah. The way he goes like, no. And she's like, yeah. on his, like, on her knees. He's like, wait a second. Yeah. You're the ultimate warrior and you're denying, like, is that how this works? Like, how does the champion get to dictate? Right. I thought that was odd. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, obviously it played into the story, but it was odd. Like, I never thought of it as a kid as he's like wimping out or anything like that. Like he, he just hated Savage that much. Right. That he wasn't going to give him a shot and he hated Sherry and whatnot. So yeah. he was just like, no. So and, interesting. Yeah. But even though like I was a big Warrior fan, the iconic parts of that match were the punishment Warrior took from Savage during yeah. the slaughter match. Like yeah. he, what, what was it like? I think Sherry is at ringside for with like for slaughter, but like mm-hmm. kind of for Savage. And she does something to the Warrior. Warrior runs all yep. the way down the aisle after her. Savage comes with the life post yeah. and nails him like <laughs> out of and like just rams him while he's down with the, with that spotlight and then like runs <laughs> to the back and then that segment's over and then later the the ultimate shot with the scepter right in the end like, to which people say years later when Jerry Lawler is gonna hit him they everyone's like why is Warrior wearing a baseball hat people like suggests that that's why like yeah. he probably got concussed i mean the scepter like correct me wrong, it actually legitimately shatters i mean like they I, said the shard of glass was in his skull right like that was not like did, a like, breakaway prop it, yeah right like you know hogan ripping the shirt the right, shard. right this was not like gonna collapse on impact right, right. Like, this it was yeah <laughs> like jeez i mean you saw it smash jeez. you heard it and saw it smash oh. when he nailed him when oh. warrior was against the ropes and then swinging for yeah. the fences yeah. a... <laughs> what a shot but um but yeah like how could you not have that payoff match i mean a career ending match how would you, could you not have that payoff match at wrestlemania after, yeah. after all that that was awesome and it gives warrior um like as a fan like you could say all right this is bigger than a title this is the career like mm-hmm. the warrior lost his title because of this guy he's going to end his career mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and um, this is this is the this is the time of the warrior that we like to talk about. Like from, I want to like, unpack this time yeah, period more at, right. at a future time because, yeah, like I feel like every warrior documentary that you watch, whether mm-hmm. it was Dark Side or the DVDs or the Andy biography, you talk about the losing of the title because he wasn't drawing, and then you talk about like the comeback at WrestleMania eight. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole period between the Royal Rumble, the career match, and then up to SummerSlam 91, mm-hmm. where you, know, you had this tease of an under, I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but like you had this tease of an Undertaker feud. Mm-hmm. You right. have, you know, a, but in another, in, in another way, right? I don't wanna, you, you kind of have direct, like, let's just do what we do. Yep. Let's, let's take that deep dive. Let's <laughs> just take that deep dive. I think you have a directionless wrestler because right. you, Ended the career. He can't feud with Macho at mm-hmm. house shows. Hogan's the champ. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to do Warrior Hogan again. Like you could have, but could've. we know that they weren't going to do that. Right, right, right. You know that they weren't going to do that. Especially after after seven's over and we see what happens after seven. <laughs> Fireball. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they, they eliminate that possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think Undertaker was still kind of descending. Like, I don't think he was ready to go with the, what that would entail. So you've got, like, Ultimate Warrior. That's kind of, like, well, what next? Yeah. I mean, it, like, uh, you know? he, had this, he had the Jake Distinct thing. Yeah. I mean, that that never materialized into, no. into matches. Yeah. Right? So that could have been. So, like, he, yeah, he was involved. Yeah, like, unfortunately, they just didn't pick a direction for him. And then he goes to the match made in hell as kind of like a just an insert like, like an, he's yeah. not he's not he's not really mr usa like hogan is but mm-hmm. he's like obviously the ultimate warrior so who better to team with hogan against the triangle of terror but i mean barring his personal life at the time right like you know i mean to your point, right. bring hacksaw in. Right, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, but yeah, like directionless for a reason. Like, mm-hmm. like we think wrestling-wise, this is maybe the best warrior. What has looked like because between the WrestleMania six match and WrestleMania seven match, we like those are maybe his two best matches. Yeah, and WrestleMania seven, we'll get into it. Like he. Not only does he not run to the ring, yep. right, but he just slows down. Yes. He slows it down and has a better match. Like, he's mm-hmm. not going 10,000 miles an hour with everything he's doing. He's not trying to be impervious to everything that's being shot at him. I mean, he does kick out a five elbow. Right. But, like, he's still down <laughs> right. and, like, looking like he's, you know, out and whatnot. But he's, he's there's something different. Right, you know? and something to maybe capitalize on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know, maybe you, you do the lone warrior and then he can be kind of like neither heel or face and that's the direction to go with Hogan. But again, they commit to Slaughter not being over like right after the event. Right, right. So <laughs> it, it was tough to figure out where he was going to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, are you going to recycle an earthquake feud or something like that? So right. he got this awesome match, mm-hmm. you know, um, now everybody loves this and I don't know, like, I, I mean, the Macho Elizabeth thing is awesome, mm-hmm. but that's not something that I feel like a, like a dire need to unpack with you. Yeah. Like, I think it was just a cool piece of drama. Mm-hmm. It solidifies Macho turning mm-hmm. face. I mean, Sherry is wicked on him after yeah. that match. Yeah. I mean, Sherry was lights out, <laughs> yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, they're all dead. That's, oh my that, gosh, Elizabeth, Sherry, Warrior, Savage. Yep. That's I know. hard. That's, yeah, that's, and that's actually, hard. the card of WrestleMania 7 is unbelievable. Yeah. How many people have passed. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's awful. Yep. Um, but it's a great moment. The crowd's yeah. tears are real. Right. Yep. That's the thing. Yep. Would have been, like, right, been amazing to see a Coliseum full of people like True. Feel, <laughs> feeling this moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think it works. I think it gives Savage. Um, you know, closure. But it's interesting because even when Savage goes into the booth, like he still kind of has that edge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he yeah. still is like heel adjacent, even mm-hmm. though he's got this thing with um with Elizabeth. So after all those years of, of you know kind of on camera treating Elizabeth like he should she yes. she says she she should serve him. Yes. Like she opened the ropes for him or whatnot. Mm-hmm. He actually hold the ropes. Yeah, at that. yeah, that was. It was. It was cool. Yep, like it was a cool moment. The Macho King to the Macho Man in that moment. Yeah. So that yeah, that was cool. Yeah. But yeah, not a, not a dry eye in the place. No, no, and it's. So how do you feel? All right, so yeah. how do you feel about 
and it, it said that Savage, it might have been his idea. He was for it and whatnot. But like Warrior goes way over on Savage. Like Savage is gone. Like mm-hmm. he's taking a break. So he's going to let these things happen. Warrior puts one foot on him to pin him. I know. He puts on his, what they call a duster afterward that yep. he wore to the ring for the first time ever. He never wore that. He never wore one of those before. He hits all four corners, does his thing, puts his foot on him again. Savage is still in the ring. He puts his foot on him again and raises his hand and then he walks out. Do you, feel, do you see that as, as any kind of any kind of slap in the face or is it just like going over because Savage let him go over? Yes. I, I think it's overkill. But again, I, I go back to being like nine and 10 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. It was shocking to see the warrior lose the belt. Like it's shocking. Yeah. Right. Slaughter, I don't think yeah. we ever would have thought that would have happened. So mm-hmm. I think this was sort of like a reconciliation. True. Cause so it did be, get hit with the scepter pretty hard. Right. Right. <laughs> it was kind of like this, you know, warriors still like the guy, mm-hmm. you know, and I think they did that and built him up. But again, like to what end? Yeah. Like where's he going next? Yeah, like, exactly. I don't, I don't even think they knew, mm-hmm. right? Because remember Jake is a face yeah. at WrestleMania yeah. 7, mm-hmm. right? You don't see his face. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, so you've got like that weird, um, like you've got time, mm-hmm. you've got time, which I think is a very interesting time for the yeah. Warriors. So yeah. you've but, got that big huge match yeah which was probably my favorite of wrestlemania 7 because warrior was my favorite and i thought that that match was his best yeah yeah huge stakes and then you get to the main event now i'm not always uh, a hogan guy Mm -hmm. i you better be in this right (laughs) i actually (laughs) (laughs) like remember like there was that like comic book artist that drew the picture of hogan with a flag on the ground Uh they commissioned for this Uh This is my favorite Hulk Hogan match mm. of all time. I well, yeah, I, I like that he kind of makes himself vulnerable. I like mm-hmm. that there's like that blood angle, like mm-hmm. it feels real. I mean, Slaughter is like choking him with like the cables, like he and like you wanted him to do this. Yeah, like it just it felt like there was something to it. I like this match. I like this yeah. match a lot. Yeah, I like this match a lot. I like that he wins. I, I mean, think he gets it's, hit in the head with a chair. Yes, like decently hard and that makes him bleed mm-hmm. and apparently it was like kind of like a un, unsaid but like a slaughter's rules match like it, there was no like dq yep. to where the ref was going to call a dq oh like, you knew right that there was no way yeah right although that's for lex luger yoko right but like yeah yeah right. but, like, yeah, but yeah like, you knew that it wasn't going to be hogan winning by dq mm-hmm. like, it was going to happen yeah. I like that they do that. I kind of was like, you know, in, in a Super Bowl, like the ref, mm-hmm. like let them play. You know? Yeah, they're yeah. not calling PI every, mm-hmm. you know, every play. So their whole thing. I really like the match. Yeah, I really like the um, Hogan selling it. I, I think there's like iconic images of him in that camel clutch. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, I, I like it. What do you What do you think about oh, yeah. it in ring? Oh, it was awesome. Like we talked about how the warrior would have to have like a savage or a rick rude to make him look good mm-hmm. and i think hogan had more in-ring skill than warrior but you're not going to get that match like we said with chic tugboat like no. slaughter slaughter could take punishment like yes. you know a lot of a lot of hogan matches are you know one-sided and then hogan hulks up and beats you like hogan's taking punishment like throughout the match 
This match was longer, I think, than a regular Hogan match. Yeah, I can tell <laughs> it is um, 20 minutes. Yeah. So that's yeah. yeah, that's a deep Hogan match. Like yeah, and actually, Hogan, and, and Warrior Savage is twenty minutes. Yeah, so both of them kudos. Yeah, both Hogan and Slaughter take good punishment. Slaughter, like, you know, at some points, like fly, like he flies face first into the post. Like he takes he, bumps. Yeah, he's committed. He's almost like taking bumps, like almost a bit a Mister Perfect. All like yeah. you know, he's <laughs> he does some flying into corners that is ridiculous for yeah. a guy his size. And like, but kudos to Hogan. He gets like slammed off the top rope in this match mm-hmm. by Slaughter. Like, you don't see that to happen to Hogan very often. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but then he, you know, he he gets covered with the Iraqi flag at the end. And that's kicked out. Yep. He sees the crimson red on his <laughs> on his hands, and uh, then he does his thing. And uh, and it works oh, there. Yeah, it works. Right. That's, that's it. Works. Yep. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know if you want to mention now, but, like, something happens after the pay-per-view. So <laughs> let's go there. All right. Yeah. So you get this huge win from from Hogan. Mm-hmm. He gets the belt. You know, you get Real American twice. I mean, the he place puts is, it on yes. while he's in the ring celebrating. He puts it on. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And and mm-hmm. so very different from a year before because I think at WrestleMania 6, like, he looks old. Yeah. Going out in that ring, right? he looks like mm-hmm. 60. Yeah. <laughs> like you actually really think it's the end yeah and he just looks so revitalized and yeah, so ready to, to take the mantle and go mm-hmm. forward so their view ends you then get this footage of him walking in the back with me and gene and i remember this from like a superstar <laughs> after the fact and he's like oh, i did it for america i did it for this and then uh he opens the dressing room door and there's like a fireball yeah. So, Slaughter throws a fireball at him. He hits him with a chair. Not, not with a camera that exploded, but like a that, flamethrower. Yes. Like, like, how did he get this? Yeah. Hogan's on the ground. He's like, oh, God. It's like getting like hit. Me and Gene's like in the back, like watching this, like yeah. not stepping in. Um, it's brutal. And it yeah. tells you that this is not over. Mm-hmm. But the war was over before this match. So how do you get, how do you, how do you feel about that? So like, why yeah. do you think they had slaughter continue this feud when they were their ability to sell tickets and be flexible was somewhat inhibited by his angle Mm -hmm. bob costas pulls out of wrestlemania 7 because of the tasteless in this angle like they're kind of Mm -hmm. like doubling down on it now um and i think as we go through the card in a little bit what i think will be fun is to see like was there someone else that came out of WrestleMania seven in a position to go against yeah. Hulk Hogan this quickly? Um, it almost like, I, I know that we kind of like are going in circles, but it kind of set things up for the warrior right? to do this run. Yeah. Cause he needed someone to wrestle. Yeah. Hogan's got the belt slaughter lost. The war is over. Mm-hmm. Boom. SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but he, MSJ, but like you, but you don't do that, right? And, and usually, WrestleMania is the ending of stories. Yeah. So like, yeah, for this to continue to the to the handicap match made in hell at SummerSlam '91 is peculiar. Yeah, I would like to, I would like to know more about yeah the thought process yeah right behind it. Like, um, like I feel like you know, as far as SummerSlam '91 upcoming. Maybe they, it just, like, things weren't ready 
like I said, between WrestleMania six and seven, they knew what was going to happen or what they wanted. They had a plan for seven, mm -hmm. like already. And then they were going to backtrack and fill in the gaps. Maybe they didn't have quite the plan, that year long plan for eight because of maybe where, like where Hogan was going. Yep. I mean, you look at when Flair, Flair came in, right. Flair didn't come in until Survivor Series. So right. he so wasn't there for SummerSlam. Right. So maybe if he was there for SummerSlam, maybe it would have been a little different. Um, but maybe they were like at, at the point of SummerSlam, maybe they just weren't ready to turn the tables into a new storylines. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it is interesting and it's worth, worth kind of diving into. Mm -hmm. So any other big thoughts about the, the, the main event and everything that made, well, what, made you, it what, it was? what I guess I'll ask, what would you have done? Like, do you think it was bad taste to continue? Like we, we both kind of agreed they had to continue with the storyline. Mm -hmm. Was it in bad taste? Uh, all right. So we, we do uh, in season two, we do a match made in hell rebooking. Mm -hmm. And I think that pat us on the back. I think that to continue this feud and do it the way we talked about it, mm -hmm. where Slaughter very publicly becomes face at Madison Square Garden, yeah. I think is appropriate because you're basically recognizing the fact that this guy put himself at personal risk, professional risk, mm -hmm. you know, his family, his licensing agreement yeah. with G.I. Joe, like we're going to give you a redemption arc. Mm -hmm. I think if that is your long-term goal for SummerSlam, then I think, yes, yeah. you continue it because you want to be very public in course correcting, mm -hmm. right? But to not do that, like do that after the fact, I, I think you kind of had to, you kind of had to bail. You know, I, I think, yeah, I, I think you had to go a different direction. Because I was going to ask like, what, if you don't do this angle, are you like ignoring what's going on? Like, you know how they always portray something in real life? Like, yeah. are you kind of like, you All know, right. You know so I, mean? I don't know if this is a spoiler, and I can't remember if this is a deleted scene in the movie or if it's featured in it. And only because it was such a powerful scene for me mm -hmm. that I think I wanted it to be in there. But I don't know if you saw Creed 2. No. I, uh, with Jago's son. Yeah, yeah. I either saw Creed or Creed 2. I want to say... It was, yeah, it's Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, 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 it's right. awesome. I think I just it's saw Creed. Awesome. I, think I, I just saw Creed. need to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a scene where... Uh, all right. So you know how like, they decided to do a post scene in after WrestleMania with the fireball? Yep. What if they did a scene in the locker room where Slaughter's waiting for Hogan and he like apologizes and they have like this moment? Because there's like the scene in like Creed 2 where like mm. um, Jago and then Stallone like, yeah. kind of, like have this like coming and it happens afterwards. It happens in the locker room. Gotcha. Like, like it's like not a like you could have done that just as easily mm -hmm. too, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to show it on the pay per view, but it's like one of those things where you like highly script it, you yep. film it as this like vignette. Um, I, I think you could have done that mm -hmm. too if you wanted to mm -hmm. do that. Um, I think they needed to cut bait on that angle as fast as possible. Gotcha. I, I think At what point? Like when, like even from the get go, or well, like we talked about before, because they were planning Sheik tugboat like the, right. whole, the whole year. Oh, so I like, know. do you even do you not like 
which is actually pretty powerful. Like when you think about how, like tugboat begging for you to write letters and then to make that hard turn yeah. out of a stop. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think that when you had the crowd juiced and Hogan won and made it right, you got the belt off warrior. Like I get that mm-hmm. it had to be high stakes. I think you cut it after WrestleMania. I mean, oh, I, I meant like, yeah, before WrestleMania. Like yeah. Before. Oh, Oh, okay. You're so you're saying, saying like, all right. was it in bad taste the entire time to have this angle because of the war or because of the the conflict? Yeah, the conflict. So they did stuff during the Cold War. Yep. It didn't mean right. it, it didn't mean it was in good taste. Mm-hmm. It just meant that there was a precedent for right. it, right? Yep. Um, and the Cold War like heated up. Eighty five, eighty six. I mean, when yep. when Reagan is president, um, you know, there's an escalation, right? Yep. Think about like Rocky Four, Red Dawn, like right. yeah. So, right. like it, they said, there's movies about these yes, things that like, right. yeah. So I feel that. Right. Um, I think it was because Slaughter was so over the top of his angle. I think that's what it was. Yeah. You know, now let me ask you this: Do you think that they could have or should have? All right. What if they did something like this? Mm-hmm. What if when this is when they realized, okay, like this is actually real. There's going to be an armed military conflict. Mm-hmm. American soldiers might die. Mm-hmm. Should Vince have done one of those like public service and announcements before an episode, like before, for, a, for three weeks before challenge superstars and primetime wrestling to say, these are fictional storylines and we like to blah, blah, blah. And to basically right. do a disclaimer. Yeah. This isn't real. That might have. Like right. Superman's going to win. But we're creating like a dramatic story. Now it would have broken kayfabe. Right. <laughs> it was a big. Like you almost were like, "What's the bigger risk?" Yeah. But like, do you think he should have done a disclaimer saying these are characters playing roles? Like, was that? Do you, I wonder? I'm sure that was talked about. I, I I'm sure maybe, in Stanford they talked about it. Maybe. Because we'll talk about probably at the end of our cast here about the audience at that time how yes, it was changing very much but so. maybe for the people who i don't know about a vocal video disclaimer when kids are watching and then mm-hmm. they, they they may they may like start asking questions from that disclaimer or whatnot maybe a maybe a worded disclaimer on screen for the adults and but the kids can still enjoy, you know, what they're watching because like yes. So all right, I, I like that line of thinking. Mm-hmm. So I alluded to this before. So I like grew up in a house where like I was definitely like watching the news with my parents. Like that was say, on. Yeah, you were so, definitely like, doing that more than me. <laughs> yeah, like I knew that this was a thing. This yeah. is a war. I think I might have said this in an earlier cast. I absolutely remember asking my mom like, "Is the war over yet? Is mm-hmm. the war over yet?" Like mm-hmm. one day it was. Mm-hmm. It was pretty wild. Which yeah. Like, yeah yeah <laughs> so i was very much in tune and so for me it felt like very real but you're right like this did every i mean i'm probably odd i mean there probably reasons a lot of i'm very odd but like, i do feel like there were probably for a lot of kids it was i don't think they thought about right. the fact I, that like yeah. there's this oil rich country that got a, invaded by a dictatorship right. that is threatening to take over the country that produces more oil in the world so we got to do something about it mm-hmm. i don't think that was going through their heads right so there is like this disconnect mm-hmm. 
Whereas though, for like parents though that are watching it, or for like right. older adults, it's kind of like, oh, I don't know if this is good. Right. For kids, yeah, right. But the kids they don't know. Yeah, right. They like, don't you know. know. But like yeah. the kids, yeah, right. they don't, they, I don't think the majority yeah. know. Like, I think they can figure out who's the good guy, who's the bad guy between Hogan and Slaughter, and I think they can figure mm-hmm. out Slaughter is representing like fictionally but representing a group like you know of iraqi sympathizers or whatever representing iraq but i don't think that they know no from that like that it's kind of really emulating what's going on right like it is (laughs) but like the adults know but the adults knowing the adults know what pro wrestling is but so that the adults don't hopefully take offense, there could be an adult disclaimer, you know, right? Kind of, yeah, before the show is like you said, kind of explaining, like, you know, sympathizing with what's going on and this is yeah. fake. Like, like, we're trying to give you a form of escape. Yeah. Like, right. and we're going to, like, there's going to be trauma, but like, mm-hmm. we got you. Right. <laughs> the good guys are going to win. Yeah. 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 Something that the, and that maybe not one of those like automatic disclaimers that you never read, but right, like a yeah. shortened disclaimer that everyone could read, but kids would like kind of gloss over, but the adults would definitely see it. Yeah. Well, but ha- all right, I see it. It's like silence. It shows a disclaimer that's like emotional consideration, painful by the following. <laughs> it's like wrestling figures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, or like Lord elaborate haste. And the fictional situations, like, yeah, reading yeah. the disclaimer, yeah. like you got to have Lord Alfred Hayes. He could have done it. Lord yeah. Alfred Hayes, got to read this disclaimer. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> the kids would just be enamored by his accent, and the adults right. would actually like get something. Right. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> oh my god, Lord gosh. Alfred, that we found a job That's for Lord it. Alfred Hayes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so yeah, I think it was a, an amazing double main event. I, I think that it, it had policy potential. I mean, they talk about how like. I think it was at the beginning of February, the events in like late March. Mm-hmm. They only sold 16,000 seats. Mm-hmm. I think they would have sold more, obviously. I think they would not have packed the, the Coliseum. Right. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think they would have felt like, like at the worst case scenario, like USC, UCLA students would have gotten like free tickets. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you like yeah. Trojan football? You, you got free yeah. tickets. Like, go, go tailgate. You know, right. yeah, I would have right. been, that would have been a very different crowd. You don't have the True. drunk college kid at the events. That, that would have been different. That would have like, been, been a prelude to the attitude there. Oh, dude, like, like Hatchstall, when he comes down as Uncle Sam with like the <laughs> USC, like Delta fraternity, like, oh, like out of control. Yeah. There was potential there. <laughs> so you got yeah. that. So do we have, I think there was an, I think there was an undercard at WrestleMania 7. There right? was an undercard. So let's, yeah, let's. Uh, quite, quite the undercard. Quite the undercard. We only, went, we only got through two of 13, or 13 yeah. more matches to go. Yeah. And some of these were just going to go like, right yeah. yeah. All right. So there is the, uh, the, the dark match and um, it is Coco Beware over the Brooklyn Brawler. Gotcha. Um, like who better? You right. got Coco, you got Frankie, you got your <laughs> clapping, like the theme song, like absolutely. Yep. Coco Beware going over Brooklyn mm-hmm. Brawler. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Okay. First match is a 10-minute match. We love it. Love it. Now, Bobby Heenan and Grill Monsoon are on commentary. But Bobby Heenan is an active manager. So for two matches, yes. they get subs. So Hacksaw coming yeah. in is Uncle yep. Sam. Again, Hacksaw, the ultimate utility player. Yeah. He can wrestle. <laughs> 
he can do the Uncle Sam. <laughs> Legend. Yep. So it's the Rockers, mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty in their last ever WrestleMania. Which is, all, I mean, it all works out. Yeah. Like, still bummer. Yeah. Um, which eventually is actually going to be Marty Jannetty's last WrestleMania appearance, which is crazy to think mm. of because he's around for a while. Mm. Uh, they're going to go against Haku and the Barbarian. They're yeah. going to win. Yep. Um, what do you think about this match? Thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, Rockers are my favorite team. Team of the '90s. Yep. And uh, it's funny that they they put them over, like you know, whoever it is. Usually, it's Grill Monsoon saying tag team specialist, and that is how you put a smaller team over against a larger team. Like mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, they're they're tag team specialists, so they can handle like right. Barbarian and Haku, <laughs> and that was you know. It's hard to hurt Barbarian and Haku, especially when you're smaller guys, mm-hmm. but they put on a heck of a match for, for what well, you said, 10 minutes. Yep. Um, that's for this WrestleMania, that's a long time. Very long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, for what all the other matches were. But I, once again, like, you know, we'll, we'll dive into this sometime, but like rockers were veterans at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they had, I can't, they definitely ran down the aisle at Trump Plaza. I can't remember if it was, I mean, definitely at five, but I don't know if they had a match at four, but they were at least in the Federation for two years. Yeah. Maybe going on three and never won the titles. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> and they go like they beat, like, you know, they're in these, these classic startup pay-per-view oh, matches. Like, electric. Um, I think, I think we said, if we're not wrong, that they, uh, face Power and Glory at SummerSlam 90. They face Orient Express at Royal Rumble 91. Great he- match. Heck of a match. Um, and then Barbarian Haku, they beat them uh, mm-hmm. at 7. And, you know, like a pay-per-view, well, at this pay-per-view is basically the, I'm pretty sure, the WWF pay-per-view debut of LOD. And they, is it? I believe they're in Rumble. Oh, they're in the Rumble. 91 Seal and Undertaker. Yes, they're in the but, Rumble. Yeah. But first time, yeah. Yeah, first WrestleMania. And I'm just thinking if if LOD doesn't show up in WWF, maybe the Rockers can get the t- their hands on the titles. But um, yeah. I will go into the tag team title match later. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I obviously love the Rockers and wish they were wish they were given the belts. It's incredible. They break up basically at the absolute beginning of 1992 mm-hmm. and they're legit the tag team of the 90s. Yeah. Like there's more there's way more of a decade, but like it was what they represented. It was mm-hmm. it was awesome. Um Yeah. Great tag team. <clears throat> Sad to see them disband, but we know where it goes and mm-hmm. it's absolutely, you know, it's the right call, but yeah, as a team, they 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 were amazing. I guess we do have to say that um Barbarian and Haku are probably underappreciated. Like Haku becomes Mang, and like yes. he's just he's just oh he's always awesome. like, he was always said he was like the legit toughest like shoot right. wrestler right in, mm-hmm. the, in the back yeah yeah Barbarian like the little his get up like I, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah becoming uh, one of the head shrinkers Sione yep Sione get that strap <laughs> absolutely <Yeah>. absolutely <laughs> so you get that hot starting match perfect mm-hmm. you know you get the Rockers theme WrestleMania seven yep. is is off to the races. Then you get a little, th- just over three minutes, you get the Texas Tornado mm-hmm. defeating Dino Bravo. Yep. In a match that, for the most part, is Dino Bravo controlling. Yeah. And then Tornado just, just he hits the finisher. Yeah. And yep. <laughs> any, 
Any thoughts on that? Like, kind of like I wanted more for the Rockers. I wanted more for the Tornado. Like, he does win the IC strap. Mm-hmm. He's, because of, like, who's in the Federation at the time, like, you got Hogan and Warrior. Like, Tornado's big guy. Absolutely. Like, he's ripped and he's big. And, but he's, he's not as, you know, energized and, and just this larger than life character. Yeah. So, like, he doesn't get over in that aspect, but he's like, you know, the Von Ericks were, ah, absolutely. were over throughout the country. So, like, you would think that would translate. And he's given, like, the Texas Tornado, mm-hmm. like, persona by Vince McMahon. Awesome. And that was awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we'll talk later as we go through the card. Like, you have a little rebooking for him. There are, but, uh, yeah, there are spots. Yeah, yeah, there are spots where, like, if you wanted to enhance Tornado yeah, um, as a more credible face, there's better ones. So, mm-hmm. the next match goes eight minutes. It is a two wrestlers that will wrestle at all, every pay-per-view. <laughs> For 1991. It's insane, yeah. <laughs> yeah. British Bulldog beats the Warlord. Mm-hmm. What do you, what, what was the appeal of that? Of them together. I know they were these big jacked guys. Yeah. But like beyond that, anything. As far as I know, it was just who could out out muscle the other one. Like who was the strongest, and yeah, like at one point, like this, like Warlord had switched his finisher to the full Nelson. I guess. Yep. But they both did the running power slam at one mm-hmm. point. So, I guess they both couldn't do that. They were both already right. like mirror images. So we had to we had to give one of them a different finisher. But um, the fact that like you know. Bulldog could get someone like Warlord on his shoulder with one arm and then power slam him was like a feat of strength. And then at SummerSlam, he gets him in that hybrid. Yes. So, I mean, I guess the feat, the feats of strength that these guys could do or potentially could do was the, the lore of the match. But like, Mm -hmm. I guess Bulldog breaking the full Nelson. Yep. Yes. um, And then like ultimately winning with the power slam, like, you know, we we talked about in previous casts. Bulldog was over. Like he could have been usually over. Yeah, like all over the world, it was over. Yep. Like he could have been the champion if you know. Absolutely. A different and, time, but and I think there are also spots on here too where you could have really elevated him, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But you know what? I I kind of like the Warlord gimmick. Yeah, I, I think that he could have. Warlord is weird for me because, like, when I think about him now. He he looks like like he's a nice guy, like you know, like he looks like he's like a guy that like smiles all the time or something. Like he's supposed to be a gentle giant. Yeah, he's supposed to be this mean guy. He's with slick or whatever, but like when he like holds up his arms and like he's like ah, like he's got he even has a smile on himself then. Well, it's interesting you say that because with the powers of pain, he had face pain. Yes. Right. So you take the face pain off and yeah, yeah. What do you (laughs) get? He had this body armor. Yeah, but like that silver, like that Phantom of the Opera esque. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, too. I I don't dislike it. I just feel like if this was the end of it, great. Right. When you know that they wrestle like. Up again, to Survivor Series, right? Again, something that wasn't over yet. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep going. All right, this next match is going to end something, mm-hmm. but also be the start of an unbelievable career. Mm-hmm. So the Nasty Boys are going to beat the Hart Foundation for the Tag yep. Team Champions. Yep. Uh, it's a twelve-minute-plus match. Mm-hmm. Now there's some shenanigans, right? Yeah. The, it's the helmet. Yeah, they use the hel- uh, Jimmy Hart's helmet. Yeah. I think on the anvil, and then they pin him. I believe sure. so. Let me. I'm yeah. Sure. Now, what do you think? Well, I'm just making sure we're, we're accurate on that. 
<laughs> what do you think about the Heart Foundation? So we talked about this when we talked about like Hitman. He has to lose the belts to yeah. be able to start mm -hmm. the singles run. Mm -hmm. Do you like the Nasty Boys in this spot? Um, do you feel like the Heart Foundation had given everything they could? Um, you know, Anvil's going to kind of be the odd man out. Um, yeah. You know, what do you? Uh, yeah, that's, what do you the, that's the only thing is that I don't know. I don't know what the best plan would be for the Anvil. Like, like they talk about how Brett winning. They saw they've seen something in Brett for a long time, and they talk about how they tried to break up the Hart Foundation back when Bret Hart won, I think, the arrest like a battle royal mm -hmm. either at WrestleMania four or five, and they were gonna have him start a singles career at that time, but at that time he wasn't over enough. Well, by now he he's getting he's getting there, like you know, from the from the Survivor Series match where The Undertaker debuted, where it came down to Brett and DiBiase, and that was, like, awesome. Yes. Like, that showed that he was ready for the next step. The Anvil, I think he need. I, I guess he needed to be on tag team, like, his whole career, because, like, he's just not – he's got the good – he's got the personality, but he's just not that – he's kind of like a – well, no, he's – I was going to say, like, Hercules, but, like, he's got more of a personality than Hercules but he's just not that big of a guy to challenge for the world championship. Mm -hmm. But he's, he's just, he's just an odd, he is an odd man out. Like you put, you put that well, like he's just not, he doesn't have everything it takes to be a singles wrestler, but Brett does. And it's, I mean, you, you can't deny that. Like you can't deny Brett anymore. You have to let him, let him shine. And even when he was part of the tag team, like, you know, Willie Nelson's got, like, they, they, sold, they sold Hitman glasses. Right, right. Like, you see Hitman in the merchandise catalog, mm -hmm. independent of the Hart Foundation. Yeah. I wish I could process that time more mm -hmm. in the moment, because it seems like they really were going to, like, that was where he was going to go. He was a, right. he had his own identity in the tag team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. So, like, very, very interesting to, to, to see that. So, And it wasn't, like, you know, sometimes tag teams break up, you know, or, like, they, like they didn't turn on each other. They mm -hmm. just lost the belts, and that was it. Yeah, there's a promo I saw where Hitman goes singles, and he's like, hey, me and the Anvil, we're all good. We're all good. Like, gotcha. he, they, yeah, he acknowledges that yeah. it's not, um, you know, not over. But, no, it was, I think the Nasties were, was a good choice to, uh, you know, to get over on them. Yeah, and then you got this idea of like we're gonna talk about like you see the you've got two tag teams mm -hmm. that the nasty boys could lose to, and it, right. I think they make the right choice, but it yeah. speaks to the fact that I think yeah, two that were tremendously over. Mm -hmm. right? So the next match is eight minutes. It's it's a little bit of shenanigans. It's I mean it's my favorite, but Jake the Snake Roberts defeats mm -hmm. Rick Martel. Mm -hmm. Jake is blinded by the arrogance. Yes. Great promo selling yeah. his blindness. Uh -huh. So it's a blindfold match. Yes. Um, first ever? I, I think first and only. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. You know, they're reaching around now. They say that I liked when, it. You do? <laughs> I did like it. Like, what do you like about it? Was, I mean, as a kid, I thought it was, I, like, you know, Bruce Pritchard would say, they didn't do much. 
but everything they did was amazing. Like, and people, really? people will say like, you know, it was like you, like you said, like people don't like it for the same reason. Like they didn't do much, but like yeah. the whole uh, psychology aspect of just Jake pointing slowly yep. and the crowd acknowledging where he's pointing. And then they all say, yeah, there he is. Like telling him where to go get the model and whatnot. Uh, I don't know. I just liked it. There wasn't many moves. Like the model did his backbreaker. The yeah. mo- uh, um, there was like some misses. Mm-hmm. You know, the model was just like run at nothing and like <laughs> hit the ropes or whatever. Like I thought it was funny and entertaining. And then ends with the DDT. Yeah, so, he hits it. Yeah. And they say like you can see like that there were you, you could see out of the blindfold. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Like right. You know, but um, you know, it's model was great at those niche matches yeah like SummerSlam 92 he has a very similar match with Shawn Michaels where you can't in the face and Sherry yep, tells yep. the story <laughs> um very interesting to see Jake as the face mm-hmm. you know this is going to be the end of his face run for a while obviously yep. um I, I think they told a good story though I think you yeah. could have actually just had Jake in the model in a regular match and had it been killer mm-hmm. yeah you know, the blindfold match right. obviously adds you know some entry you got the model with those purple tights yeah oh yeah that's that like 1991 look <laughs> yeah okay, then he goes transitions to the pink see it was it's it was all about the psychology because you could have had like you know a revenge match for all that jake had been through mm-hmm. but instead you get a like a psychology revenge on the model who is now blind where right. he blinded jake so yeah you know it's it's and you know jake is like master psychologist yes like he's gonna win this match because that's jake you know? right there's no doubt that that's yeah and he and he hits the ddt mm-hmm. yep. yeah oh, how over was jake's ddt oh dude <laughs> seriously I, I know that was so big and it's such like a simple move but it, like it was his move yeah it was mm-hmm. his move mm-hmm. um the next match for historical purposes is, is obviously very significant uh and it's going to be next year's WrestleMania match right they're going to roll, roll reversal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jake beating Martel, Jake face. Undertaker defeats Jimmy Snuggan. Mm-hmm. Four minutes, 20 seconds. Undertaker's first WrestleMania, 1-0. 1-0. <laughs> I kind of think it's a good match. I, yeah. I think it's, it, I don't, I don't view this as a total squash. No. I mean, considering I the other total squashes on this card. Yeah. Um, but I think Undertaker looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it continues to build his narrative. Um, he's logically the next big heel, mm-hmm. right? This is going to lead to the greatest challenge, but he's still so young. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. He does not look it, but yeah. Yeah, so. And he beats a legend. Like, he beats a Hall of Famer, like, on his on his road out. Yeah, and, and he, he looks jacked. Yeah, looks jacked yeah. And he one. takes some big pumps. He does. <laughs> he does. So, yeah, big win for, for Taker. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Warrior Savage. Yep. Then you got a match that barely goes over, just just under five minutes. Right after the uh, the, the break. Oh, this the break. Is, exactly. Yeah. Right. You get Demolition yep. losing to two wrestlers that were basically um, Tenru and Katao, who mm-hmm. are um, like basically imported as like a talent sharing yeah they're not right. necessarily even going to be yep. in the company right it is the end of the demolition mm-hmm. it is uh i think a sad end actually like as much as people talk call them road warrior copies mm-hmm. i think they did all right mm-hmm. i think they did the best they could yeah. i love them in russell fest the arcade yeah game. yeah <laughs> i love the look i love the hasbro figures now I love this the is three. is this 
crush and smash. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Yes, yeah, so Axe had out. he had he had some health problems. Yeah, but um, someone said that uh, I think it was like Tenru does a power bomb in this match, and like it may have been one of the first power bombs like wow. you've ever seen in the WWF. Like yeah. so that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they definitely like allowed them to showcase their and went over. It's mm-hmm. pretty incredible yeah. that they, you know, went over and didn't do anything else with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk more about, like, could Demolition, if Demolition was going to get squashed, right. could have been another spot. Right, yeah. <laughs> the next match is one that I just think it, it is under 11, just under 11 minutes. I need your help with remembering this one. Like, yeah. is it good? Is it bad? Like, I know the guys are friends in real life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I just... It's boss man and perfect for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Now, these are two big stars. Like, mm-hmm. you would think on paper, this should be at a higher level. Right. Like, what, you, you, talk about, you talk about the pay-per-view after this where Hitman faces perfect in the second match. Yes. I feel like that was so iconic. Like, you know, if boss man had a shot, this would be, like, in that spot. Like, this yeah. is kind of, like, thrown in after what they call the popcorn match yeah <laughs> like and it it was he, i think it bumps for him oh yeah yeah <laughs> i mean perfect bumps like only only perfect and bumps. like but uh yeah i thought i think i don't remember every part of the match it was really good and like um you had the whole andre the giant coming out yep uh you know because of bobby heenan and whatnot um i don't like Bossman wins by DQ, right? He does, and, and it never picks up. Right, yeah. Like that's that's the only thing. Like there was a lot of Mr. Perfect Intercontinental matches that ended with countouts or DQs mm-hmm. to keep the strap on him while hit while not actually pinning him. And I mean, I I wanted Bossman to win a title. Like he never he never won yeah. a title, and I would like to saw I would like to seen that. Um, was he too much of a character to win a title? Like he goes from here to like the jailhouse match, mm-hmm. and then like it's the Mountie and Nails, right? For, right, yeah, yeah. So he's in like gimmick matches from here on out a lot, most of the time. And so they, I mean, they all say that he looks he looks really good in this match. Mm-hmm. Like like this is when he's I think started to slim down. Like he was big when he was with Akeem. Yes, and so like. But he's he's you know he's getting to be that athletic boss man that does like Dude, a sidewalk slam yeah. like yep. yeah mm-hmm. yep I mean he was over <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, oh he would have the crowd would have if he would have won the title there would not have been disappointment right oh like, yeah I I, yeah. I can't really see him with a belt I'm like I know it's true yeah, true kind of title I can't <laughs> he's definitely not wearing it no like, right he's he's a, he's a shoulder guy he may even be carrying it like. You know, yes. like, like the Undertaker carried it. Yep. Like, I, I don't even see him like holding it over his shoulder. Right. Yeah. You like, can't kinda, see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Right. You can't see it. But I, 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 I like that this match happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like this is one of those matches that you look at and like, yeah, I mean, the boss man should have had a shot at a title. Yeah. Right. This was that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. The next match doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I, I get that you got to keep this guy on a WrestleMania card because he was so significant, but it's earthquake over Greg the Hammer Valentine, mm-hmm. just over three minutes. It's a squash. Um, so this is where I want to have a yeah. little bit of a, of a conversation. Yep. 
do you would you have put earthquake against either tornado or bulldog to push one of those faces now i guess as i say it out loud knowing the trajectory of the careers should earthquake put bulldog over I mean, bulldog would have been lights out if he beats earthquake here mm -hmm. or, or did you need to kind of keep earthquake as a viable option because remember he wrestles hogan in those stretcher matches for the belt too mm. you know um and he was in the rumble like, like he was the last one in there with yeah. hogan right so he was kind of mm -hmm. viewed as this big monster heel um but what do you think about that spot I definitely, I definitely think, see this whole, this whole, this whole, uh, this whole pay-per-view, like 15 matches is like, there's not many times where, you know, you want quantity over quality. And like, yes. I don't even, I don't, like for me, I, I don't, like I want quality matches. Like, yes, you're trying to get everyone on the card because it's WrestleMania. Right. Is mania this huge celebration of the roster or is it yeah. WrestleMania? Cause these are like intense matches, like and the I, best of the best. I think it's a huge celebration of the roster and the two card match is the best right. of is the, right. is what's going to draw. But I think at least at this WrestleMania, especially it's, it's, it's the mania of the roster. Yeah. So like, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately as a kid, because I probably liked oh, it as a kid. Absolutely. Like, it's just not, and I was thinking about this. It's just, match after match after match and part of the part of every match is the introductions and the theme music exactly so like, like they're losing time yeah you're and you're but like as a kid you're getting to see everyone's in, in, entrance mm -hmm. and everyone's theme music that yeah. you love and right. whatnot so it's like it's it's awesome in that respect but like as a wrestling fan especially now I would love to see like tornado go against someone more legit like earthquake and see what happens. Like, I don't, I don't know who you put over in those matches, bulldog tornado versus earthquake, like to, to, to catapult one of them and right. not the other. I don't know how you end those matches. I don't know who you put over, but I want to see it. I mean, could bulldog conceivably power slam earthquake? That is a, I don't, uh, it's a huge spot. It's yeah. like the spot. Yeah. Do you even um, like again? If you want to get everyone on the card, do you kind of combine some of these matches into like triple tag matches? Like, you know, like a six, a six man. Yeah. Right. Like, they, like, yeah. I mean, you did it at SummerSlam, but like, do you get? Let's just put it all together. Do you get like? Greg the Hammer, Bulldog, and Tornado against Earthquake, Warlord, Dino Bravo. Dino Bravo. <laughs> I think maybe you do. Yeah. Right. And you're also then freeing up. And other... then Bravo's the one getting pinned. Right. Like... Exactly. Right. 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 There. Yeah. Exactly. There it is. Everyone yeah. else is protected. Everyone's got the spot. But is, it, is that the same thing? Like, that match is going to go just about the total length of all these I was going to say, right. So, yeah. Well, here, I mean. Bulldog and Warlord was eight minutes. The six man takes probably. That's true. Tornado cool. Bravo's three minutes. Quake Mountain. No, you're right. So you can do a 15 minute six man tag. You can and, do less. You can do it in less than that. And like, you get the time the back Bull from the intros. Right. It's one intro of three, one intro of three, as true. opposed to yeah, it could be Finkel makes three. the announcement. Yeah. Personally, 
it's the bulldogs walking Winston down the aisle. They got you know. Yeah. It's at least one intro of three for the heel team. The the yeah. faces may come out one by one, one, but because that bulldog warlord match was so long, you could probably do a trip uh, a six man tag in less like than ten. the total. Yeah, yeah, ten. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think that would have been interesting to to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and get more more pieces on it because because you didn't do that the next match. Right. But to me, like, just one more point. Like, yeah. To me, there's certain people in that in this whole card that like I wouldn't have cared not to see. Like I, don't, I mean, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Dino Bravo. Like I mean, we'll get to maybe one or two more. But like, yeah, I don't think I don't think you needed to show everyone like <laughs> for 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 no reason. Right. Right. Just to have them on the card. Yeah. Right? Like Tornado Bravo means means nothing. I don't know how much it means to the wrestlers. To be at WrestleMania because it, I know it means something today. Like you want to be on the card at WrestleMania, so like back then you you probably did. You probably wanted to be on the card. I don't know about how. I mean, we'll get into some of the other matches. I don't know how about how everyone felt right. about like. Would you rather be on the card for a minute or would you rather not be on the card at WrestleMania at all? <laughs> exactly right. And what's your legacy going to be with that event? Right. Which like like take us into this next match, right? So it's LOD, the infamous match over Power and Glory. Mm-hmm. It is le- it is fifty nine seconds, which is less than a minute. It's they go in, they do the Doomsday device. Roma takes a pretty big bump because that's yeah. how he didn't want to take it yeah. going forward. He gets power slam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now it perfectly sets up LOD as ready to rock and roll with the nasty boys. Yeah, right. So in that sense, it is setting up this angle of they are ready to become the tag team mm-hmm. champions, and so they had to get it off of the Heart Foundation. They put it on the heel team. Mm-hmm. Next pay per view, it's theirs. Yep. Which that was a good match. Yeah, great. That match. was no DQ. Great match. Awesome match. Yeah, Chicago, right? Chicago Street Fighters. But I know that you like Power and Glory. And I think you could make the argument that Hasbro missed. <laughs> they didn't miss yeah, any, didn't miss possibly them. many. Right. But I think you could have had a Power and Glory to take. Yeah. So like, they were pretty high profile. You got Hercules, who had a career before. You got mm-hmm. Roma, who's a great worker. To your point they look about like a million bucks. yeah, like the the visionary, say. yeah, yeah. Like to your point about being on the card or not being on the card, would you rather would you have rather not seen Power and Glory, and have the Demolition, who's on the way out, get take that minute long squash to push LOD, and save Power and Glory and say, all right, like, you know, we want to just keep you. Yeah, I mean, if you're on your way, it's kind of like I mean, it wasn't a minute long, but like. Savage was on his way out. He not he didn't get squashed by the Warrior, but like, you know, the one foot pin and all mm-hmm. that. Like he got Warrior got over. So yeah, if if Demolition is on their way out and LOD is like the tag team of the future, nothing wrong with LOD getting a squash on right. Demolition or at least going over big on Demolition. But how exactly. glory they still had it in the tank. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I mean, you could have, that match could have got eight minutes and Bulldog and Warlord could have been shorter. Like, you could have had a right. match. Like, right. they could have won, but you could have had a match. I mean, Hercules and Animal in the ring, test yeah. of strength, like, that right. works. Like, yeah. there's spots that you could see working. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, you got that. And then you go into a match that's going to be seven minutes. And it's a very important match. Yeah. I think that it, it certainly for the storyline, it had to happen. It had to happen at Mania. It was set up beautifully at the Royal Rumble. 
Roddy Piper, who gets in a motorcycle accident in real mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. comes out on crutches. But Virgil DiBiase, mm -hmm. what do you remember about this match? Because they do it again at SummerSlam. And yeah. am I correct in saying like people really like the SummerSlam match? This match is okay. Is that accurate? I think I I personally think that I I I mean I hear that people really like this match because of Piper and because how how he backed Virgil so much. And I forget if he Virgil definitely didn't have music in this match. He might have had his music at the SummerSlam. Yeah, match, music was awesome. Which was all like Mom, I love I do love that match because it was so iconic when you know DiBiase took the turnbuckle pad off, but then he got thrown yep. into it. And then, like, at the count of nine, he covers him for the one, two, three, and wins the million dollar title. Yeah. Like, that match seemed to mean more. But this match, um, yeah, the, I think the match itself was better at SummerSlam. But the, the angle with Piper in this match, where he's getting the crap beat out of him at the end with the crutch yep. in the leg, and then Virgil finally takes the crutch away, like that was the memorable part of this match, just the end. But I don't remember too much of the in ring match, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of like this boxing moves. It's still, yeah. it's, it's still not there yet. Yeah, um, you're getting a feel for Virgil, but DiBiase is still doing his, his oh, moves. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, DiBiase, just phenomenal. And then Sherry aligns with DiBiase in this, yes. this match after leaving the Macho King. Yep. yep. And I love that spot too. Yeah. I love that Sherry. Yep. Um, that was good. DiBiase, for sure. Mm -hmm. The next match, just over a minute, it stinks. <laughs> so it's mounting over Tito Santana. Does Tito actually come out kind of firing and he just hits him with the shock stick? Like, I just remember that's the shock stick. It's over. It's like, I want to say like Tito goes for the flying forearm and misses. And then there's some sort of distraction with Jimmy Hart. And then you know, there's the shock stick to the stomach and yeah. then it's over. Yeah. I mean, this was, I guess, I guess it was kind of the Mounties debut like pay-per-view debut like you know trying to yep. get him over and then he goes to the jailhouse match and setting up boss man yeah. yeah so um yeah like to your point in a bunch of casts like tito's career is uh peculiar like you know from yeah. from from all these from all these little things like losing to the mountie being in the grand finale match of survival, yep. <laughs> like then becoming El Matador and being rumored to being have have a have a run at right. like a championship. He opens up the next mania. Right, right. You but know? then like being relegated to like some dark matches after that. Yep. And then like having that iconic flare match that no one knows about. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird career. Yeah. And then he goes on <laughs> to teach uh, in New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. And I think it's it's a super disappointing match because like, you just watch it and you're like, oh, like, this one, I would say even more than the Power and Glory match feels like such a, like a squash. Like, mm -hmm. did you have to do that to Tito? Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, right. Like, I, I get the idea of making LOD seem unstoppable and what a rush. Yeah. Shoulder pants. Yeah. Like, I you can, I I'm willing to hear that argument. I don't buy this. <laughs> I could yeah. like, I know it's WrestleMania, but I, I, you could almost like have had LOD wrestle like jobbers to do what they did to Power and Glory. <laughs> like Power right. and Glory, you know, I get it, but like 
if they weren't like we said if they weren't going to move on mm -hmm. and demolition you know they they really weren't going to move on so why not just do that to demolition yeah like i don't know put them against like the bushmacker yeah <laughs> face face I don't yeah know. i mean there's 15 matches. It's hard to come up with people who weren't in this WrestleMania, but the Bushwhackers were <laughs> the there. Bushwhackers, so. Bushwhackers, Duggan, and Tugboat I was, I was, were yeah. the four yeah. that I like came to my head right away. So when we mentioned the first match, what came to my head right away was the Orient Express. They were not. Yes. Yeah. Bushwhackers were Orient Express. Yeah. That could have been a dark match. <laughs> That's an interesting match, actually. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah. I wonder if iconic, they're... iconic theme music for oh, Orient Express. <laughs> love that theme. I'm gonna do a little deep dive and see if there's a Bushwhackers or Orient Express match out there that yeah. to watch. Yeah, there's, there probably, I probably. I has mean, to be. well, we get it in a Survivor Series match with Slaughter. Remember? Yes, we, get, we do. We get Sato and Tanaka yes. against the Bushwhackers in That's that. Right. So there is a battering ram. Oh, that takes out one of them. Devastating. Yeah. I mean, devastating. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's over. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 where, yeah. So, yes. yeah, we kind of, I mean, to that effect, you could have had Bushwhackers against LOD because they weren't getting up for the battery, man. Right? Oh, <laughs> dude. Oh, could you imagine, man, that like Butch's head or his yeah. head right in the animal's stomach? It's over. Yeah. It's Especially over. Especially after the licking. Like, oh, yeah. You're not even hooking the leg. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what if they just went all in on the Bushwhackers? Just gave them the straps. <laughs> Just, just did it. Just, just do it. How, how over were the bushwhackers? They were they were so they over? <laughs> like everyone was. Everyone doing was the, doing the, the thing. <laughs> you know, every everybody had their Hasbro's. Yep. Right. Uh, yep. Yeah, they. Uh, the Luke Hasbro was the only one that did this. Yes. Yeah. yeah like exactly. They're unique molds. Yep. They get a later one. Before, which mm -hmm. is fascinating, which is just like different colors, different colors, and they kind of hats, yeah, yeah. But I love it, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 one more question How do you like your list of who wasn't there? Hacksaw was a co commentator in the first match. How do you feel about him not being on the card? I, all right, I think you could have gone if you wanted to, you could have done Hacksaw and the Mountie, yes. Awesome match, yeah. but Hacksaw has to be the Mountie. Right. <laughs> You're not shocking. Right. Hacksaw. Yeah. That's not but I like that spot. I like yeah. Hacksaw and the Mountie. Uh -huh. I think you could have uh -huh. prepped that one pretty good. Uh you could have like you could have had Hacksaw hit him with a two by four and get DQ'd mm -hmm. you saw he was trying to shock him. Yeah. You could have gone Hacksaw over Dino Bravo, but it's like kind of uneventful. Like who mm -hmm. cares? Um you could have done Hacksaw and Earthquake. Yeah. To make a really big, like, just imagine Earthquake doing like that sumo thing. Right. Hacksaw going to three point stance. That's a Coliseum level match. Yeah. That's a Coliseum <laughs> match. That's that's another yep. Coliseum match. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think Hacksaw should have had a match. I mean, you could have done the pre natural disasters match. You could have done Quake yeah. and Tugboat. Mm -hmm. Actually, that would have made sense mm -hmm. too, given the whole Hogan angles that they yeah. had. Yeah, that's a WrestleMania match. That actually yeah. is a WrestleMania match. Yep. It may not be like very much happening in that match but it's a wrestling oh yes yeah, to promo it and yeah. see those guys yeah there's there's potential there so there's that but there's definitely like like we agree about hacksaw there's definitely potential for hacksaw to do something at this usa themed wrestling hacksaw could have been in you in hogan's corner right you've got add on like yeah yeah right but and again at SummerSlam 91 oh summer 91 he's in that tag match <laughs> they got slaughter in the national disasters check it out 
so I we were talking about this event, and I know we've been going here for for a little bit, but I think this is this is this is the kind of analysis we want to dive yeah. into. This is my favorite part of the cast. Yeah. So we've kind of like worked through everything, and now mm -hmm. we kind of like jump on that one that one yeah. piece. So you know, this event was supposed to happen at the LA Coliseum, mm -hmm. and when we look back at this time period, like all the merchandise, the iconic merchandise, is from this era. Right when Hogan and Warrior one on one, right, right. Everybody remembers the Slaughter Angle. Everybody remembers Macho King, mm -hmm. LOD, mm -hmm. Hard Foundation, Rockers, like Wrestling Buddies, the Tabletop Top Hockey Game, the Best Hasbro's, the Sleeping Bag. You name it. Mm -hmm. It is this time period. Yep. Like not, it's WrestleMania right. Seven is yes. the yep. period. How can you not sell out LA Coliseum? So I started to think. All right. Maybe it was like regional, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think pro wrestling was much bigger in the Northeast, mm -hmm. right? So like, I think without question, you could always go to the garden right. um, and do that. Midwest, right? Yeah. Silverdome, I guess you like Chicago, you know? So I started to think, well, maybe it's like, it's not LA, right? I don't really think it's too mm -hmm. Hollywood, LA chic in the eighties, but but it was so big and so ubiquitous and they sold out, you know, Toronto. I think you could have found people in LA, like the Vegas area, Arizona, like mm -hmm. West Coast. I mean, when they did that, it. they did that video and they interviewed people, and they're like, it was bring, awesome. "Bring mania here!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, it's it makes me feel like this is absolutely where it should be. Yeah. Like, it needs that West Coast vibe. Mm -hmm. Like, it needs that West Coast yeah. feel. I like it. I like mm -hmm. the the design of it, and like because it was in a nondescript arena, it could have been yeah. anywhere. And this yeah. thing could have been in like Houston. It could have been in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. it could have been wherever. Right. So it didn't have that LA feel like it would. Right. You know, with the skyline and everything. So it got me thinking about maybe it was West Coast. I don't I don't think that's the case. And it got me thinking about the matches. I don't I mean Hogan Slaughter Warrior Macho is big. Yeah. It's big. Oh yeah. It might have been tasteless. It was tasteless, but Slaughter was over. Mm -hmm. And then we started talking. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of settled on something that we, we should explore. Yeah. We look at WrestleMania seven as being like, like one of the most iconic pay-per-views. Mm -hmm. Like I absolutely was right there with you renting this cassette from the video store. Yeah. And if you did not know what you wanted to rent, take out WrestleMania seven. Yeah. And how, uh, and like, I know, I understand the whole, um, the whole aspect of it being in bad taste as far as the main event, but like Hogan, like Hogan slaughter on paper for the title all-american versus iraqi sympathizer to me is like world-renowned sellout like stereotypical pro wrestling right like good the baby face and right. the bad guy yeah right. so like i would think with nothing going on over in the middle east this would be a sellout yeah like on paper but go ahead yeah so it got me thinking about when you when we started talking you said well wrestling is six Sold out the skydome, but the buy rates were a little bit less than five, mm -hmm. which were a little bit less than four, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that this, to us, is this amazing time period because we were the target audience, right? We were third grade. Right, right. We were like nine years old. Yep. I think we are a little bit naive and short-sighted. And I think the more we talked about it, we, came, we realized 
I don't know that a 36-year-old, 29-year-old, you know, is going to go to Maybe see, even college. Maybe even, right, college age is going to see the ultimate warrior. Yeah. Because you got to buy the fact that this guy is not a superhuman. <laughs> if you grew up watching wrestling in the 80s and mm-hmm. you appreciated Savage and Steamboat mm-hmm. and the artistry and the mm-hmm. technical wrestlers, mm-hmm. That's not what you're getting. Right. The Mountie, shocking Tito Santana. Yeah. Tito Santana is a legend. Mm-hmm. Very well respected. That's what he's relegated to. Mm-hmm. I think that for a lot of fans, they outgrew it. Yeah. It, 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 when like yeah. when you, we watch '80s wrestling, like actual '80s wrestling, like there's some blind spots in our knowledge, but mm-hmm. like we even now, I don't feel that nostalgia. I'm like I can't really watch it. Yeah. And I know that probably is not okay to say. <laughs> but I just can't get into it. Right. Because we liked that larger than life mm-hmm. Saturday morning cartoon show yeah. that wrestling was. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you think that WrestleMania seven really represents the changing of the guard and that the WWF and Vince were actually geniuses? Because we've said this before. We are Hogan Warrior as kids mm-hmm. to the Attitude Era as high school, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> to ruthless aggression in college, to raising kids in the PG era. Mm-hmm. That's your that's, wrestling autobiography, right? <laughs> that, that that's the answer, yeah. right? Like that's that's correct. We didn't need anything before that, right? Because like, yeah, and they don't acknowledge it perfect, it before. Yeah. yeah, right. So. I got to ask, because I, I, I want to turn this over to you, and I want to kind of start with this theory. And I want you to, I think the, the time that wrestling fundamentally changed for people, mm-hmm. when people stopped getting the pay-per-views, when the buy rates start to go down, when the, chain, when the fans change, I think yeah. there's a moment. Mm-hmm. We look at that moment and say, that's one of the greatest moments ever. It's freaking awesome. I think other people could say, and we just jumped the shark. We're, we're good. Mm-hmm. The Honky Tonk Man, one of the most respected heels. He's mm-hmm. a character. People like him. He's an intercontinental champion for well over a year. Mm-hmm. Ultimate Warriors announces a surprise opponent. He sprints to the ring and he squashes him. <laughs> yep. I kind of think that might have been a tipping point. And it might explain why they couldn't sell out big venues and why, even though it was so popular, the people that actually go to shows, mm-hmm. right? Parents will be like, yeah, I'll buy that. I'll get, I'll get some paper video. Or right, I'll take right. it to the video store. Right. I don't know that they're going to the arena with their cat. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that is when wrestling changed and why, like we say, WrestleMania 7 is this big point? Because for us, it was everything. For an adult, it's why the heck are you making light of an actual war? I'm good. This isn't for me anymore. Mm-hmm. What do you think? <laughs> so, the Warrior Honky Tonk was SummerSlam 88, if I recall. I don't, I, and I think that, I think that, I don't, I don't think that WrestleMania 7 was, was the tipping point. I think it might have been even before that, like mm-hmm. you're talking, like you're alluding to with SummerSlam 88. It might have started with Hogan becoming 
just like turning wrestling into sports entertainment over time with his appeal to kids with his you know immortal uh mm -hmm. you know like his superhero immortality that just kept growing and growing over time into more and more kid-friendly programming like like there's no bruno sammartino chewable right. vitamins yeah it, dusty like, rose right. rick flair chewable like, vitamins like you know my dad would used to go to see bruno at the pittsburgh like civic center when he was like a teenager mm -hmm. and that was totally different like that's kind of what we're talking about totally different wrestling they would go there on like a saturday night for like you know change to get in to sit mm -hmm. in like what whatever section just to just to do something on a saturday night and it was like you know it was still pro wrestling but it was like more it was totally different back then it was like a little bit more real it was like you know a lot of submission holds and then like mm -hmm. you know one or two big power moves and it was over and, and that kind of thing and but it, it did grow obviously like when hogan when there was the Hogan's and the Andres and whatnot, and then you had Andre Hogan, it did like that. That that event, WrestleMania three, was not like a kid event. Like I'm it was great. Hogan Andre. Like there was a lot of true wrestling fans that absolutely mm -hmm. loved Savage Steamboat, yep. loved Savage as a wrestler. Like, yes, like oh, his characters, promos. Yeah, yep. And then even the whole mega powers angle was like that has a realness to it mm -hmm. like it, what it it's just that line of when it got from realness angles to like more cartoony slash like okay we've seen this before or like we just keep seeing mm -hmm. kind of like the same thing but over the top you know like I don't want to say cartoony too much, but like just, just over the top. Um, I don't know. Help me with a word. <laughs> well, yes. So, because like Sa Savage Hogan is not is has an, a different, way different appeal than Hogan Warrior. Mm -hmm. And yes, Warrior may have Warrior may we may have to give more credit to Warrior than we are as. Like you gave him credit for that turn of the tide at SummerSlam mm -hmm. when he squashed, uh, yeah, Honky Tonk Man, and like the place went absolutely berserk. Yes, and like it wasn't just kids going absolutely berserk, but like then the reality. Some, comes yeah, out. then there's reality. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I think yeah, people say like you know Warrior didn't draw, mm -hmm. but then we've already debunked that. Yeah, in the sense that wrestling didn't draw like hogan didn't draw after wrestlemania 6. look at wrestle like what we what we've just been talking about wrestlemania 7. Mm -hmm. he couldn't fill the coliseum mm -hmm. going against fighting for america and then like we talk about fast forward to like 1993 king of the ring right, right? he's oh, the yeah. champion going against yokozuna he's it's like at a tiny college campus in mm -hmm. ohio mm -hmm. So I don't think it was that the warrior couldn't draw. I think it was people that had money that would go to a wrestling house show mm -hmm. outgrew it. 
Yeah. So you were relying on parents taking their kids to see these, I, I think you're right on, cartoon superheroes. Yep. And where you're kind of turn that tide and so i don't think it was him that couldn't draw i think the business changed because i don't know that hogan drew significantly more than the warrior did Mm -hmm. but i think on the other hand there's other metrics like were are people buying more merchandise and buying action figures yes right way more hasbros were sold than ljns Mm -hmm. and wrestling buddy like you know what i'm saying Uh like so it's like how do you measure success and you know it is house shows and it is pay-per-views, but then it also was like, what are the ratings of superstars? Mm-hmm. You know, how many kids were watching superstars at noon on a Saturday? Right. Versus how many adults, like, think about yeah. like this too. So they talk about like Survivor Series, right? The Thanksgiving Spectacular. Uh-huh. And then it was the Thanksgiving Eve Spectacular. Mm-hmm. We know that Thanksgiving Eve is like the biggest party night, right? Like all the college reunions right. and right, right, high right. school. I was like, yeah, they're not saying I'm watching pro wrestling. <laughs> so like it became, it was like, yeah, you could put it on Thanksgiving Eve because like kids are watching this because they're going to be home from school the next day because it's Thanksgiving. Yep. So I, I think that there was, um, there was a shift into being more kid friendly. And I think that's where, like we underestimate the idea of WrestleMania 7 versus the person that's going to spend, I don't know, 40 bucks to go see it live. Mm-hmm. I think there's a gap there. There's, there's, and like putting this all together, like even with our last, our season two finale of about Hogan, you know, this is, again, this is why we do what we do. Yeah. Because it, it all fits together. But you're alluding to from, you know, what wrestling was and then this, this, this gap where wrestling got very kid friendly. Would it have been ahead of its time to to back it up and stay more real? And I think the only way that it could have stayed more real because it was more real. Fast forward mm-hmm. in the Attitude Era, yep. could and part of it um, not being real, like you just mentioned, was they didn't change enough. So people were like, "All right, yeah, I've seen, I've seen this." And then it also got more kid friendly. We alluded to it in our la- in our season finale. Should they have like turned Hogan heel? Mm-hmm. Should they have? There would have been a realness to that, yes. just like there was with Hollywood Hogan mm-hmm. when he was when he was heel in WCW. I mean, we've we've already kind of agreed that like Hogan's Hulkamania run was very long and probably overdone. Yes. So like if they took Hogan and made him a bad guy, would it have been, would have been more real? Would it have reattracted those wrestling fans? Could they have sold out the Coliseum? I think, yes. Okay, the answer to that question is in this context, if you would have made Hogan the heel and go against Warrior at six, it's like Hogan is raging against the machine. Mm-hmm. Like this idea of this kid-friendly warrior, like Hogan's got to be the guy. Yeah. And Hogan almost becomes the first uh, Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the fans would have been like, "Yeah, now this warrior's like, have you listened to a promo? Yeah. Right. Like what? You know what I mean? Like you could look <laughs> at this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> 
and and I think you could have like almost like a reuniting of like the mega powers because I think people like bought into Savage and mm-hmm. it's larger than life, right? right? Like right. people like like Savage did a great job of like wa- walking that line yeah. of the absurd and like the endearing. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. Like you can unironically dig Macho Man Randy Savage mm-hmm. and like everybody's got a Savage voice, right? Right. <laughs> the Warrior was so like one sided. Yeah. But. I was thinking about this when you were saying about how like the youth think about the time that we grew up in. Not only did we have pro wrestling skewing heavily towards a younger demographic. Do you remember the infamous Joe Camel from Camel Cigarettes? Yeah. 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 And like Spuds McKenzie, yeah. the cute dog for Bud Light. Yeah, yeah. There was this weird period in the early nineties where like everything was marketed towards like us as right. like we are the future consumers and they started all over again it's almost like it's an amalgamation of that it was bright it was neon it was like mm-hmm. ah, you know it's it was kind of insidious <laughs> but it, yeah they they made a distinctive decision to engage younger people mm-hmm. yeah right let's go another deep pop culture reference <laughs> the same could be said about full house you watch the first season of Full House, it's about three single guys. Yeah. It morphs into the Michelle show, as they said on each <laughs> Hollywood story back in the day, right? Like it's kid hijinks. Yeah. Saved by the Bell mm-hmm. was initially Good Morning Mrs. Bliss. It was, you know, mm-hmm. the adult characters and the teachers. And then it became mm-hmm. Zach Morris and it emerged into Saved by the Bell. There was this time period where I think people realized, I don't know that adults have the, the juice. Let's try to get the kids. Mm-hmm. And it fundamentally altered some things. Whereas a TV show had people just tuning in and kids could just tune into a show. Right. When you were just, when you decide to make something more kid-friendly and more comic book, you are going to alienate adult fans. Yeah. Like if if you and I are this age in 1991, are we saying, yeah, let's, let's go see uh, WrestleMania seven. Let's go see, uh, you know, the the warrior and the yeah, warlord yeah. and you know act you know it, it's it's just different right and so i do think that i don't think i ever thought of it like this like i mm-hmm. love that we're mm-hmm. revisiting this and just like having this dialogue yeah. because i've always i've always wondered like how did this not happen yeah how did it go here's so, how well, like you know we didn't we didn't know when we were that age but like this is almost going in the tank like yes you know like like we're going from trying to sell out the coliseum to moving into a smaller venue to not selling out the hoosier dome next year and giving away seats and Mm -hmm. whatnot to make it look full to going to a very very small caesar's palace yes like all with hogan as the main event or all with you know yep but like yeah they needed like yeah, like how how was Vegas not a massive like there's like that UNLV stadium that mm-hmm. Sam Boyd stadium, mm-hmm. how is it not Hogan's coming back, thirty five thousand seat right. venue college football stadium yeah. or something in Vegas, yeah. come on, yeah. <laughs> so it shows it wasn't it wasn't that mm-hmm. it wasn't Warrior as as a wrestler or right. even a personality it was mm-hmm. what he represented. Yeah, you either bought it or you didn't. Look, yeah. look at this card. Yeah. You have you have 15, yeah. like fifteen matches of like characters, characters like and not <laughs> just yeah. like know, people that, right. that wrestling fan of, of WrestleMania three is not coming for this card. Exactly. Yeah. 
exactly exactly right it just it, it just changed you know and and you still had you still had some people oh yeah but you just but that, didn't that's the other thing you still had some people and they're still doing the same thing right i mean i'm talking hogan mostly but yeah 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 so so kind of a an interesting spot to end at kind yeah. of acknowledging <laughs> the thing that we love is the thing that brought it into the business yeah as it were <laughs> as it were uh we'll have to reflect on that yeah, yeah. so but yeah any so, closing thoughts i'll give you the final word on wrestlemania seven superstars and stripes forever yeah <laughs> i mean my my always my takeaway from wrestlemania seven because i was a warrior fan was he won the career ending match but it's like he didn't yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like his career went down from there. His career went down, and Savage and got Savage, out of Yeah, that was his moment. Yeah. That is his he got moment. Reinstated yeah. like a year later, and he was the man. And Warrior, yeah, it took a sad turn, but yeah, and we liked that Warrior. <laughs> that warrior and we're gonna, awesome. we're gonna talk more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. talk more about that. So this was season three. We yes. have some really exciting things planned for this season. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, looking at some rebookings, look at some up and down the card reviews. And I think the Warrior could be coming sooner than you think. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we need to unpack that. I, I, yeah, for sure. So stay tuned. Um, follow us. Check us out on Instagram for just all sorts of good pop culture infused stuff, stuff that we keep finding in our collection, and also for cast updates to let you know like what we're, what we're thinking of and what we're going to be releasing soon and all that great stuff. So thank you as always for, for listening and for your feedback and yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see you again next this time. This was awesome. This yeah. was season three, episode one of taking it to the mats. We hope you enjoyed. We'll see you next time.